Hello and welcome to the Top of the Week podcast, a division of the College Heights Herald and Revolution 91.7. I'm Laurel Deppin. And I'm Rebecca Alvey. Instead of talking about the top stories today, we'll be discussing the top stories from the whole semester. So obviously, Kentucky had a governor's election this semester. Well, you know, this year, but for us, it was this semester. (laughs) Uh, So that was kind of a big deal. Um, And we both got very interesting opportunities to cover this this election because it wasn't like a normal election. It had national attention Mm -hmm. uh, and the current attorney general, Andy Bashir, basically unseated Governor Matt Bevin. Right. And I think there was nothing, like you said, kind of typical about this election. Um, Of course, the national attention was really interesting to see from a like a journalist perspective, I think. Um, It's kind of interesting to see and exciting to see these national publications taking interest in your state and in your state politics, Um, as well as from like a national implication standpoint. I think that was a big question everyone had. But then, of course, the fact that there was the re-canvas and that for, what, a week, um, we, we were kind we of in a know. gray area. Yeah. Right. Um, I think that's pretty um, interesting and uh, different about this election. Definitely. And, of course, you know, the president of the United States campaigned for Kentucky's governor. How Matt could Biden. we forget? Yeah, that's kind of a big deal. Yeah, you know, presidents sort of a big don't deal. often do that. Yeah, um, I think that that was another really interesting thing and kind of like the national implications, um, seeing how so many people politically were focusing on this election and making a push to make sure people were voting for Republicans and voting for Bevin in this election. Right. Um, and it's not like Bashir won by a landslide either. Um, But we did we did do some really interesting reporting like after the election about how each almost every um, county in Kentucky that contained a public university Mm -hmm. voted for Bashir. And that kind of went to show that education is a big topic was a big topic in this election and that many people cast their ballot based on that one issue right and i think looking at some of the statistics and voting patterns afterwards it was really interesting to see that aside from the governor election everyone did vote republican mm-hmm. in one in a pretty large margin so i think it's a really interesting comparison to make And then, like you said, looking at the specific counties of who had voted um, or who was a red county in the past versus who flipped in this election was really interesting. Definitely. I was really happy to see all of our reporting on that. I thought it was a successful time. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like the entire staff of the Herald was kind of a rock star Mm -hmm. that entire process. Way to go, guys. (laughs) For all of you all, you (laughs) listeners out there who also work for us. Good job. (laughs) So aside from the election coverage, I think the biggest story we covered throughout the semester at the Herald was a series of incidents where Greek members were seen on camera using a racial slur. And Laurel, you did a lot of the reporting on this. Do you want to kind of explain what happened, um, what the community's uh, feedback was or response was, and uh, kind of where we're at now? Yeah, there was a lot going on Mm -hmm. there for a while, especially about this topic. Um, There was a video that was posted to Twitter at the end of August 
which showed a bunch of um, predominantly white women singing along to a song that was called My Type by Saweetie. And the lyrics included a racial slur. And um, they sang along to the song without omitting the slur. Um, and I think the the person that tweeted it actually went to Lindsay Wilson College, um, mm-hmm. but she said, this definitely ain't it at WKU. So that um, kind of got it on a lot of people's radar was that tweet. Um, when we found out about it, we reported on it and um, Director of Media Relations, Bob Skipper, said that um, any discipline for the chapter for this incident would be dictated by the national organization. And that was Alpha Z Delta in this instance. I don't know if I said that. So um, AZD, the national chapter of AZD, didn't put any sort of punishment onto them. And WKU used it more as a teachable moment, I think is the phrase that Bob Skipper used. So after that story was published, then the Herald was sent another video of a woman who was in a sorority using that same slur in a song. She was singing a different song um, and didn't omit the racial slur in this instance either. Um, So the situation was the same as far as WKU went. Uh, They didn't punish the chapter in any way. Um, Again, used it kind of as a learning experience. So after both of these stories were reported, two members of the Student Government Association um, held a protest at Shenanigans, which was a um, which, which is a philanthropy event that most Greek organizations mm-hmm. on campus are involved in. Mm-hmm. Um, it was hosted by Kappa Delta, though not AZD or CHIO, which is what the the sorority that the second instance. Um, but the the protest was focused specifically on AZD's removal from campus. Um, shortly after that the same two SGA senators authored a resolution that would remove AZD from campus. Um, And it actually passed overwhelmingly in the SGA Senate, but it was vetoed by the executive board. Mm -hmm. So following those incidents, which happened in what? Both of the both of the incidents happened in August, but we reported on both of them in September. So now in December, Mm -hmm. we have another incident. Can you kind of explain what happened here and what action has been taken by um, from IFC? Right. Um, so the third instance of this happening um, happened to a fraternity this time, Alpha Tau Omega. And because this was the third instance and there had been like protests, there had been information like information sessions about like the history of the word itself and um, its implications on culture and society Um, because there had been so much conversation around these two Mm -hmm. incidents and this was the third time it had happened Um, Brian Cooster who is um, I believe the vice president for student engagement and enrollment um, released a statement saying okay this doesn't reflect what WKU is about and there are some members of these organizations who don't realize that. So he um, called for the Dean of Students to conduct a review of the Greek organizations to make sure that inclusion um, and and, and diversity were things that were important to them that might have been missed. 
Um, and then the Interfraternity Council at Western specifically um, released a statement saying that this this doesn't reflect all of Greek life and um, that they were going to take steps to train new members and um, train leaders on the importance of inclusion and diversity and things like that. Well, I think all of the reporting we did on that, on those incidents were incredibly important Mm -hmm. and got a lot of the community talking. And I'm really interested to see how the university does take action and kind of raises um, those questions and how the Herald continues to to report these incidents. Yes, especially moving forward. So finally, I think the last kind of ongoing thing we've covered over at the Herald that has caught a bit of attention is the student activism relating to climate change. I think this semester or in the past few months, there's been a renewed interest and continuous interest in climate change and climate issues among students, both um, from an international kind of young level to Western Kentucky college students. and some students in particular and organizations in particular have um, taken pretty significant action. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So um, this organization, which is a chapter of the Sunrise Movement here at, at Western, organized the Western version of the Global Climate Strike, which was a series of worldwide um protests mm-hmm. demanding resolution mm-hmm. for something like this in about in late September. And students were encouraged to leave their classrooms or I guess not attend class at all um, and participate in this strike and listen to speakers in, Cent- in Centennial Mall. Yes, students will leave their classrooms and together march um, from Cherry Hall to the Warren County Justice Center um, in a rally and kind of interestingly they're they're including a lot of state representatives and legislators in this process so interestingly charles booker um who has recently launched a campaign against senate majority leader mitch mcconnell will actually be attending and speaking at the event um so i think it's interesting to see how wku students have progressively become more involved in activism relating to climate change Definitely. And what's so interesting about all of these big stories, these ongoing stories that we've had this semester, is that they're all related to nationwide issues. Right. So this has been the Top of the Week podcast this semester. Sad to say, this will be my last episode of the Top of the Week podcast. Um, I will be moving up into the editor-in-chief role of the Herald next semester. And... I know Laurel's got this all under control. It's been an honor to start this podcast with you and to tell stories in a new way to our audience. Well, it's been an honor to do this with you also. Well, this has been a Top of the Week podcast, a division of the College Heights Herald and Revolution 91.7. Until next time, have a great winter break. 